would like to start her off. Yes, I would like to start her off. This episode is called <laughs> Riffing on Donkey Kong. We're going to be talking about the Donkey Kong clones that come out after Nintendo's very successful arcade game. We are recording, as you can probably hear from the massive ambient noise that is currently going on, at the 2022 Tabletop Gaming Expo at the Cradle. So we are live recording during that. Apologies for interruptions, etc., whatever. Should be a lot of fun. We have a special guest, George Portugal. Hey there. The Portuguest. The Portuguest. The Portuguest. The Portuguest. The Portuguest. The Portuguese. George Portugal. We also have another special guest. This is true. Would you like to introduce our special guest? Kind of a bit of a creeper. He, we're not letting him have a microphone. He's kind of standing like really kind of shady-like behind Chris in the corner. Yes. And that is Dan C. of Turbo Graphics fame. Yes. And Long Island Retro Gaming fame. We do love Dan. There we go. That's He's Dan. with us in we spirit. We will be passing him the mic occasionally. But not often. <laughs> so, of course, we are talking about. Folks, we, we apologize for the random <laughs> yeah, that's you know, be beeping constant. and chatter. Yeah, that's of be course, we of are still running an event here, so we yeah. uh, we do have to stay on the radios and have that accessible. There's going to so be lots of noise. There's right. going to be some noise in the background. That's going to be constant. So, we are talking about Donkey Kong clones. They come out after Donkey Kong, of course, is a huge success. Everybody wants a bit of the money. The first one you have in your notes is Kangaroo from 1982, published yeah. by Sun Electronics, distributed to arcades by Atari. Mm -hmm. Kind of an interesting game. Let's talk a little bit about that. Now, is, is that the one where the uh, where you're the kangaroo and you're punching? Like, like, like you go, there's a punch button? We got it, we got it. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah we have you it in play the arcade. As a, you play as Mama Kangaroo, oh, Mama. and you have a boxing glove, and you have to rescue your Joey from a troop of angry fruit-throwing monkeys. Yep. And the mother kangaroo moves up the ladders to get to the top of the level and rescue her Joey. She can punch the monkeys with her boxing glove. She must avoid the big ape who will appear at random to actually steal her boxing gloves. Oh, a big ape. That's, so that's pretty original. It's not, a <laughs> yeah, it's not a direct clone, but it is a clone. It's right? definitely you know? inspired. Yeah. Definitely super inspired and super kind of riffed on. Um, kangaroo, and a funny thing I learned about just kind of looking at this uh, research for this game in particular and I remember speaking with Sean about it earlier in the week we've always had problems with our board set for Kangaroo in our cabinet that we own and I always thought it was a power drop in the power supply the old Atari power supplies mm -hmm. or it's just crap the game is actually apparently glitching the board set is act, it's like a thing by the design. programming by design, by design it glitches out like crazy there's some games that are um, like that yeah yeah so yeah. i found that i was like oh it's not there's nothing wrong with it it's supposed to be glitchy that's it um that's interesting so it not a direct clone but still a clone uh the music is interesting for you, Jay. Yeah, it's some good music. Yeah, so the Turkish March by Beethoven is oh, at wow. the start of the game. American Patriot by F.W. Meacham is in the game. Oh, Susanna by Stephen Foster is at the end of the level. And Westminster's Westminster Quarters, I believe, Jake, is when a bell is, is rung uh, in the game. Okay. It's a cool game. Um, I kind of like it. I'm not a huge fan of it. I don't think a lot of people are completely in love with it, but 
I think it adds to our collection in terms of the Atari cabinets. It just looks really, really nice it's with all the rest of the Atari design. cabinets. beautiful design. Yeah, it looks yeah. great. I ironic, it's, I have always said this since we got it. It's one of the best looking games we have. Maybe because it's maybe less popular and people, you know. Didn't play it, it so hard. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah not that's my guess. Um, yeah. But it, it looks great. The art, the color is the, great the on the monitor. Oh, the yeah. yeah, the colors really pop on the monitor. Yeah. yeah. And the color on the side art is just beautiful because you're right, it wasn't molested or beaten up or kicked the crap out of it. But it's also not, a, I, don't, I don't think I've ever met anybody coming into the exhibit. Yeah. At any point, yeah, at any point in time, I was like, "Who's Atari's Kangaroo?" Yeah. Like, oh boy, Kangaroo. released by Sun Electronics. Sun Electronics goes on to be um, Sunsoft, so they release oh, okay. uh, Batman on the Nest, Blaster right. Master, some classics. Yeah, whatever, some really classic so games. So they make the game and then they hand it over to Atari to distribute in eighty-two, I think. In eighty-two. So yeah, and it's it's four stages, just like Donkey Kong's yeah. four stages, right? Mm-hmm. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, everything's vertical, right? Like it's everything's all, vertical. Yeah. 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 So you're just going from platform to platform, going up ladders. So it's yep. yeah. Okay, so our next one, 1983, Sega's Congo Bongo, isometric platformer, Donkey Kong clone. The player is like a safari kind of explorer. Similar to Jungle Hunt, not exactly the same. Right. Trying to catch this large ape named Bongo. Yep. He chases Bongo through four levels, overcomes obstacles like obstacles, like falling coconuts, charging chains, waterfalls. Time magazine first called the game an arcade failure in eighty three. <laughs> it's interesting that Time was reporting on that sort of thing. But right. anyway. <laughs> yeah. And by eighty five though, Computer Games magazine said it had uh, ended up becoming popular in the arcade possibly due to the fact that it was ported to several home consoles. Yeah, I was about so. to say, this one you saw on like the Sega Master System and on a couple of different... Everything, dude. Commodore. Yeah, because yeah. it was Sega's Commodore. game. So. Yeah. yeah. And but it, it, it... Isometric view, much like Zaxxon, it's a Sega game. Right. Sega makes Zaxxon, so they're still keeping with that isometric view. Probably very similar hardware, too, if I had to guess. A lot of times they Definitely just iterate on that hardware. Yeah. yeah, it might be the same base code. The graphics are... Good for 83, for an arcade in 83. They're yeah. really nice. Um, I never, again, never really fell in love with the game. As I got older, I ended up appreciating it. Appreciating it. Almost kind of like, as it was later, you know, later on in the arcades, people really started enjoying it because uh, I think the graphics really kind of popped they're on different. the arcade. Yeah, yeah. They're very different on the arcade. Yeah, we don't have one of these, do we? No, we don't. Okay. Uh, we don't have a Congo Mongo. I wanted to get one. Are they a long rare time ago. or? I don't think they're that common. rare. I think they're common enough. I don't think they're super rare. Yeah, okay. you can find them. Yeah, I don't think it's too bad. No, I, I find Zaxxon to be nearly impossible. Is it the same thing with Congo Bongo as well, or is because it... of that view? Right, when yeah. you're controlling yeah. your your character, I always found that with Zaxxon too. It's hard because of isometric view. You don't know where you are on the level. Yeah. Especially going up and down, trying to dodge the electric fences in right. Zaxxon. Uh, it, it's the same. It's yeah, similar it's to Congo Bongo. You don't know where you're at on the level to cross across a waterfall or avoid a ride. You know, charge your rhinoceros or whatever. Yeah, you're gonna yeah. jump into pits. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> in, in an engineering sense, isometric view, which is like a a corner view. In a way, it's like a pseudo 3D. Yeah, yeah it's exactly. A, it's a it's a way to display 3D on a 2D uh, screen, and just in engineering in general, even in engineering, 
the isometric view is only for display purposes. It's never meant uh, to be like a functional view in any way, shape, or form. It's never so meant I always to thought it was interesting. With? Correct. Okay. Uh, if you ever see like engineering drawings, you'll see measurements and stuff made on every other view except for an isometric view because isometric views aren't meant to be descriptive like that. It's just meant it's so to be hard to judge. Right. Huh. It's yeah. hard to judge. It's it's at an odd angle. And that, that's what it's for. It's meant to just be It's displayed. just intrinsically confusing. Exactly. It's, yeah. it's hard for the human brain to adjust, you know, C3D like that on a 2D scale. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of feel like the isometric view, it, it's very confusing and it's weird to the eye, but I feel like that's, for me at least, like I love Paperboy, yeah. like another Atari game. That's another isometric, isometric game. Isometric view, hard as hell, but... I love the isometric view because it just looks interesting. It's, it's great because it's hard. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Right. And and in the context, that was unique. You know, everything yeah. was everything was 2D. So so seeing anything that was even remotely 3D was like, whoa, this is cutting edge. Let me play this. So I think it's Hell fair yeah. to say that the isometric view kind of brought the gamer to come in and try it, even if they didn't know exactly how it was. Just the view of it in itself would make you want to try the game if you've never played it before. I think Zaxxon is the first one, one of the first ones to use it, and I think people were really sucked into the fake 3D perspective that Sean was kind of talking yeah. about, you know? Go ahead, Dan. Uh, regarding the, the isometric view, that's probably what attracted me to Zaxxon yeah. as, as a kid. It was like a, it wasn't 2D, it was more immersive, so to speak. Definitely, it's just different. I think, yeah. and I think that it, it lends itself to uh, people being interested. That's, yeah, that's what that's how games become popular. So let's move on to Crazy Kong, <laughs> which is a clone, but not a clone, but a clone, but not a clone. Yep. So yes. So Take October 1991, 1981, 1991. Uh, Nintendo struggling to keep up demand for the actual Donkey Kong cabinets. Right. So they license to developers at Falcon to produce a Donkey Kong clone that will fulfill their Japanese orders for DK. Right. So they give Falcon the rights to and say, like, bless yes. this Donkey Kong ripoff. Right. Yeah. So Falcon designs the same game using different hardware, redid some of the graphics, but keeps the gameplay core the same. But Falcon starts sending Crazy Kong overseas, which is a breach of contract with Nintendo. Mm -hmm. Nintendo terminates the agreement. They get they get pretty pissed. And in January 82, uh, Nintendo terminates the agreement. Most people assume that Crazy Kong is a bootleg because I guess Falcon continues to sell it even after Nintendo yeah. tells them to stop. Falcon right. gets like a bunch of greedy bastards yeah. and they're like, <laughs> we're going to sell this. We're going to sell these Crazy cabinets. Kongs overseas that we're not supposed to. Nintendo catches wind, says, hey, cut that shit out. We're going to pull your <laughs> license from you. Right. They do so. But now Falcons produced a ton of cabinets, right? And a ton of board sets. So they keep popping and they cabinets just keep and keep delivering. sending them. Yeah. Right. They keep sending them over. I mean, if they're selling them, they're selling them. Yeah. yeah. So, they, so that's when you, you come up with, you find plenty of Crazy Kong boards stateside. Like, there's tons of them around. Yeah. And people, I always thought, when I you know, first started getting back into arcades, arcade collecting, and board sets, I thought it was com a complete clone. I had no idea. There's just a total bootleg. Right. Yeah. I thought it was complete. Exactly. I thought it was complete bootleg. Mm -hmm. I had no idea that Nintendo had approved this, this clone. Now, if you, if you just looked at the board set, 
I guess not. But if you just look at the board set, does that give you any clue that this might have been made by Nintendo or licensed by Nintendo at some point? Does it? it is the hardware hard similar to, or does it say, say it somewhere? It's hard to say. Yeah. Donkey Kong has a mix of discrete logic chips, which are just off the shelf that anybody can buy, and then there are custom Nintendo-only chips. And so okay. it's hard to say whether Nintendo blessed that and said, okay, let's just make a bunch of these and, and distribute them to, to Falcon, or, or whether they were like, okay, Falcon, this is this is what you need, and if you can fab your own chips or do it with discrete logic, then go ahead. I think Falcon fabbed their own stuff. They, they might have, yeah. They have. So they, they might have. have. Yeah, like, very common thing, like, if you're looking at bootleg games, is almost everything is an off-the-shelf part. So they, they figure out how the game works, and then they just replicate they it by just... bypassing the customs, by right. making their own discrete logic. Right. You see it years later with Every single Street Fighter 2 board imaginable. Exactly. Like you see it, it's all off the shelf stuff, and they just, everyone just made a buck on that game. Right. Here, you know, 10 years in the future from what we're talking about now, because they just mass produce bootlegs. Really funny going forward in time when those bootlegs, when you compare them to the originals, is that sometimes the bootlegs actually outlast the original games. Yeah, they do. <laughs> because uh, they depending do. on how those customs were fabricated, some of them are, have intrinsic flaws and they fail over time. Yeah. Um, whereas the bootleg is a faithful replication and it's all discrete logic. So even if it does fail, you can just you know pop out that chip, replace yeah, it. Right, that's what I was going to say. As a matter, I would imagine it's easier to fix the clones and the bootlegs in sort some of, cases. So, because sort of, yeah. It can be when it comes to something like Nintendo. Yeah. yeah. Yes. You don't know the schematics, you don't know how the chips are organized, right. but, but you can at least say, okay, I know this 74LS128 is bad, I'm going to pop it out. Right, and you can just get another one. Right. Some of those proprietary George Nintendo stuff. George knows that that chip is bad. I do not right. know. Right. I, yeah, I of go, I, George, of is this chip bad? <laughs> All right, let's yes. yank this shit out and put a new one in. Exactly. George is our very He's helpful the tech jargon guy. technician for I'm like, our that looks burnt out. And he says, yeah, you're going to replace that. Right. Yeah. If it Changing doesn't look fuses. far out, he's the one who's like, it's this. Yeah, it's that. Right. <laughs> so speaking about Crazy Kong, I saw something here that it says the game ran on a modified version of Crazy Climber hardware. I don't know. I, I've never heard of Very that game possible. before. Possible. Very possible. It's possible. Yeah. Yeah. It's possible. That, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, what's Crazy Climber? Yeah, I, I never played Crazy Climber. I don't know if you guys have heard of that game before. I've heard of it, never played it. Yeah. I mean, it definitely sounds like a bootleg. Sounds like a knockoff. It totally does. It does. I was going to say one other thing about this game, which is interesting, too, because there's a historical precedent for a parent company like Nintendo going to another company and saying, hey, make this stuff for me because, like, demand is too high or we can't keep up or whatever. So in the 70s, Atari did this. They, they, actually, they actually created a company called Key Games, and they did this because arcade operators were like, you guys are too big. We're not going to distribute you all over the country. You're going to have your preferred set of operators. So, so Atari was like, oh, okay, we're going to just make a competitor, quote unquote, called Key Games. And it was like Nolan Bushnell's childhood buddy who ran the company. <laughs> and so they made, quote unquote, clones of Atari hardware, when in fact it was actually just it Atari was the same hardware. Company. It was just yeah. straight up Atari. Yeah. So this was a, a partnership that never... Uh, Fell apart like Falcon did. This one, this one lasted and it worked out favorably for Atari. And then eventually, the distributors figured out oh, these guys are not actually competitors. But by then, it was way right. too late. Well, I yeah. mean that's also with Atari in particular with Teng uh, Tengen, Tengen. Oh yeah, with Tengen, right? yeah. <laughs> for the Nintendo to get around that, so it's it's kind of similar. Yeah, yeah. There's um, a lot of history in the home console market of that kind of stuff too. Yep. And then this is this is another question. Was it called Crazy Kong in Japan? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Or did it was, they call it just Donkey Kong? No, or I think like I think it was huh. called Crazy Kong. Okay, so all Crazy over the Kong place. was the name. So it was literally just we're gonna pretend this is a clone. Right. 
and you're going to sell it pretending it's a clone. Okay. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, pretty much. All right. What's our last one, dude? Our last one is Logger. Which is a complete freaking rip. <laughs> it's a 1982 Century Electronics game. Century uh, didn't even try to hide this. <laughs> the only yeah, thing pathetic. they change is the ape is turned into a bird. Oh I think God. I've seen this. And, and the barrels are thrown become logs. Other than that, the game is exactly the same. Yeah, and this is the more common kind of bootleg that, that you come to expect with a game like like Pac-Man or with Donkey Kong where, where you just go down to, you know, again, how can you take a game, strip it to discrete logic so you don't have to have any custom chips of any kind and then just swap out one or two things and, and see if you can just cash in and make some money. And, yeah, I uh, mean, just see what we can get away with kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, after I rudely interrupted. After everyone was rudely interrupted. You know what oh else goodness. is another great game that stars <laughs> a monkey? Mm-hmm. Oh, is no. Michael Jackson Moonwalker? Is yeah. Bubble J- Bubbles Jackson's Moonwalker? No, we're not talking about that. By Sega. We're not talking about this. And it stars Bubbles, the chimpanzee. Now, how would we know Bubbles? How would we know Bubbles? What, what relation does he have to someone? What Bubbles is? He's, he's Michael, Michael Jackson's, Jackson's monkey. Chimp. He's I Michael Jackson's yes. chimpanzee. I'm trying to get you to say it. He's a famous chimpanzee. Bubble Jackson's moonwalker. Bubble I, I, Bubbles. Bubble, Jack- Bubble, Bubble Jackson's, Bubble Jackson's, Bubble Jackson's moonwalker. moonwalker. Oh my but god. But yeah, so that was uh, Japan's version of the novel. Oh, that's right. You know, I hadn't heard of that. No, yeah. we just wanted to talk about clones because you <laughs> see this throughout the history of arcade games, extremely popular arcade games. Your Pong, your Donkey Kong, uh, your Space Invaders. Yeah. They Tetris. all get Tetris. They all just get everyone riffs on them yeah. and creates their own version, quote unquote, of it. Everyone's and there's not much difference game to game, game no. to game. Sometimes no. directly, sometimes indirectly. Right. 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 And exactly. and it's all about just cashing in at the right time and there's a this is a time when there's no accountability and there's no good guys. Like every single one of these companies does it. Every single one yeah. of them. Nintendo did it, Atari did it, everybody rips off on everybody else. It's just yeah. the Wild West. You still yeah, well, see this today the, in different ways, but more in like multiplayer games like Battle Royale has become a big thing in the oh, past yeah. couple of years. Okay. You kidding yeah. me? Battle Royale games, they're like Everything is a battle royale game. Yeah. 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 Are they really? Because I don't play them. It's, oh, yeah. not, it's yeah. not popular. Yeah. They had a, they have, they have currently a battle royale version of Tetris. Oh my god! It is called yeah. Tetris '99. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It got pretty popular. I would say about a year ago, and it, it's still pretty popular now. But yeah, it's a battle royale version of Tetris. <laughs> you log on, you play against other people, and wow. Tetris your way to the top. I didn't even wow. know. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know there was a version oh, yeah. of that for Tetris. Well, and then I remember, you know, I don't know, maybe like 10-something years ago when Plants vs. Zombies was big, oh, everything yeah. was a tower defense game. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they even had the Mario and Donkey Kong ones, which, yeah. I mean, they were a little different, but the puzzle games. So. But, but the days of, like, a literal sprite swap, that, that's over. Right. Yeah. You're going to sure. get yeah. sued. Sure. <laughs> well, I'm wondering, did any of these companies get in trouble at all? Or? No. No? They no. just got away with them? A lot of them got away with it. I think yeah. occasionally it... They would happened, go after but, him. Yeah, but but very rarely. Very I think rarely. I think if that were to happen today, it'd be much easier to control it and be able to just ban the game, or you can't purchase it. You know, the physical copies aren't really much of a thing today. It's more of just a download now, where you everything, can't download everything. Everything is anymore. on a, a different marketplace now. There's yeah. there's so many different marketplaces, and there's so much vetting that goes into them before yeah. they hit the marketplace. Yeah, it's it would never happen. Yeah. 
back then there's just the hardware. You know, you have a cabinet, you have a game. It's hard to ban that. They're not going to just melt all the games down. They're right. going to try to sell no. it the best they can. And there's all just new. There were no laws. It yeah. just didn't really... Yeah, there's yeah. no rules and regulations. No, it's yeah. just wild. Yeah, I mean, if you got ahead of yourself saying that they're not going to burn all the all their cartridges and stuff. Many companies... Were, oh, we we just true, talked yeah. about Tengen uh, maybe yeah. like two or three weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, we did. With their Tetris cards. Well, yeah, they, they just buried them in the Arizona desert. They had 238,000 copies of that Tengen wrapped up in storage so yeah, yeah you're right that's true yeah it's crazy yeah. i'm just in the nevada desert somewhere okay so we are going to wrap up this our episode, episode yeah for today I'd like to thank you for listening we again apologize for the interruptions but we hope you enjoyed our live podcast from the tabletop gaming expo we hope you enjoyed special guests that we had on today if you like this one check out our other ones and uh yeah we'll see you next time all right Thank you for tuning in to the Arcade Age Exhibit Podcast. I hope you enjoyed your time with our hosts, Seamus, Zach, Jake, Sean, Chris, and Jose. Tune in next week, and remember, the future is now.